We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. ask you what do you want for Christmas and I could go around the room and I think you'd probably enjoy doing this I'm not going to do it but I could go around and ask Juanita what do you want for Christmas the truth is probably I just thought of this right now but probably we we would have trouble saying because we got everything we got everything we need in in our lives now and it's hard to that you ask your kids what do you want for Christmas and they have to think about it. They have to start look online. They have to start going through Amazon, looking through. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous. But um, I know one thing that you would not ask for this Christmas. And that was part of the um, illustration of what I'm going to say. All I want for Christmas is trouble. Would anyone say that in the room? No one. I don't think, I don't think anyone would because we drop papers and we drop we drop responsibilities and we forget things and and we want things to be easier and we would never say all I want for Christmas this year oh Santa is uh, I was going to say to God I guess you could ask God and he would probably answer more than Santa would but dear Santa all I want for Christmas this year is trouble no it wouldn't happen it's not in our nature but I know a guy and a girl I don't know him personally but I've read about him her name's Mary his name's Joseph has anyone ever heard of him and um, they didn't ask for it, but they got it. That's what they got. Troubles, trials. But when you know the whole story of what happened with Mary and Joseph, the result was a baby that changed everything. The result of their difficulty was literally history being split in half. This was B.C. This is A.D., it's not after death and before, before Christ. After, it's before Christ, Anno Domini, which means the year that Jesus was born, history literally was set over, was reset. And that happened, Mary, talking to you too. It happened through difficulty, a gift of God that saved the planet. But this gift did not come in a perfectly wrapped package. It resembled much like trouble. Forgive me for being poetic, but man, Christmas is poetic, and I love it. I love the imagery. I love the pictures. I love the metaphors. And today I want to title the message, All I Want for Christmas in our epi this episode, Trouble. You could call it trials, you could call it difficulty, whatever you want to call it, but it's not going to sound like a Christmas present that you would ask for this year. And I want you to take a moment with me, not to include God in our service because he's already here, but would you just pray with me, Father God, we come before you in your son Jesus' name, the light of the world. And we put a, we press a button that resets our history today. I don't 
think that that's going overboard to say that we always need a new start. And I will go venture to say that everyone in the room wouldn't mind giving you giving them a new start today. I ask for that today. I ask for a new start for all of us. I pray that you would get our minds in tune with your word as we, sh- as we speak today. As I speak today, I pray that you would anoint the ears as much as you anoint my voice because we need to hear what you have to say to us. I pray that as I broadcast that the Holy Spirit, you would narrow cast into our hearts and, and, and share with us exactly what we need in this moment, in this season, on this day in our life. In Jesus' name. Anybody ever had a Christmas you thought resembled trouble more than trimming the tree? They both start with T, so that's why I said it that way. I have trouble while trimming the tree with my wife, Cynthia. Now, Cynthia's a sweet lady and all, but when we decorate the Christmas tree. I don't know if anyone has had this problem. If you're single, you have a blessing in some ways. You can decorate it any ways you want. But I find that when I work on helping, if I work with her on decorating, I end up undecorating and redecorating and undecorating and then redecorating. It's usually every single year that way. That's just the way it is. And I always try to get us to, when we put the Christmas tree away, because we have one that's not one that you take apart um, into pieces and it folds up. It's just, just, it just stands and it won't go in anything. I want to just leave all the decorations on it because it's like, Next year, we're going to have this fight again, and I don't want to do this. All I want for Christmas is love, okay? Um, I'm not talking about that kind of trouble, and I'm not even talking about the kind of trouble that you have when you, you know there's warning signs that you've, su- you've sinned. There is trouble coming. You know the kind of trouble when you make a bad choice. You know the kind of trouble that uh, alerts, this is trouble, I need to fix something in my life, things are going wrong. That's not the kind of trouble I want to talk about today. Sometimes trouble, listen, this is countercultural to our psyche, but sometimes trouble is merely an evidence that God is still up to something in our life. I want to hear an amen. I want to hear a preach it, brother. There's a guy named Billy Sunday. I, didn't, I never met him. He used to say this a long, long time ago. He was one of those fire preachers. And he said, when your life is down to nothing, God is always up to something. Can I hear an amen? I know I didn't make that up, but I'm going to act like I made it up. Let me tell you, Patrick, when you're down to nothing, John, when you're down to nothing, John, I was actually talking to that John, but you too. When you're down to nothing, can I hear an amen, Janice? Come on. Say, come on. When you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. Would you turn to Luke chapter 1? We're going to read a few verses in here. These are very familiar to all of us. Well, maybe not to all of us, but I bet some of you have not read this since last year, and I'm going to read it with you today. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. I'm going to read it in the NIV version. And you can follow along. If you have the NIV on your phone, or if you have it on your 
this is called a Bible. I don't know if anyone, a book. It's a book that you can just carry to church if you want. But I know. I was at a church last Sunday because I was away from Thanksgiving. And the pastor said, who's got your Bible today? And I did not. And I just felt horrible. I felt so condemned. So I shouldn't have ever asked that to you. Because I felt condemned last week. And I held up my phone like, it's right here. I got to make sure I got the app. I was so nervous he was going to check on me. But we're going to, I want you to picture Mary with me. Mary from the Bible times, a sweet young girl who had done nothing wrong, minding her own business, trying to follow God. And she finds herself in a whole heap of trouble. That's what we said back in Missouri. That's where I used to live, where Barb and Mike are moving to. That's how they talk there. A whole heap of trouble she found herself in. And it's not as a result of bad choices. It was simply I almost have to check this, but it's simply because God had called her favored. And it means nothing if it doesn't relate to me and you. It means nothing. And I want to tell you today, every person, every guy, every girl, every kid, every teenager in the room, are you listening? Somebody in the room, can I hear an amen, Janice? Is going to realize you have a gift today. It's still wrapped. It's underneath the tree. It's called favor. It's called favor, but it might look like trouble. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, verse 26, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings. You who are highly favored. That was the end of the happiness. <laughs> the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly excited at this word. No, she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered, what kind of greeting is this? I don't get it. The angel said to her, don't be afraid. Which you hear that a lot in the Bible. I mean, a lot. You could count them. There's a lot of them. I don't have my stat here right now, but. I've said it before. There's a, there's a lot of words. There's a lot of times, fear not, fear not, fear not. Don't be afraid. It happens a lot in the Bible. Maybe it's a message to Taylor. Maybe it's a message to Lori. Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name what? Let's fill the, fill the church with that name. He will call him. Amen. You will call him. Yeah, yeah. When God plants you in a position, listen, when God plants you in a position, it may even be worth writing down. It may be worth recording. It's already recording, so you're good. When God plants you in a position with problems or difficulty, like he did Mary, he has a plan full of promise prepared for you to pull off. I didn't get that anywhere. I, I steal things from all over the place, but I feel like this is something a word for someone in the room. I'm going to say it again. When God plants you in a position with problems or difficulty, like he did Mary, he has a plan full of promise prepared for you to pull off. I had a prophetic word for someone, and I think she's in the nursery today, and I'm going to tell it to her later. And it's about this. I'll tell her later. And your first response might be the same as Mary. When God says, oh, Peter, you're highly favored. Don't be afraid. <laughs> he said, amen. She said, it says in the Bible, Mary was greatly troubled. 
and maybe you would be as well. And she wondered. Mary and Joseph figured out real quick, listen. They figured out real quick that when we participate with God, it's probably not going to be easy. What? Are you, are, you, are you sure? Because we're supposed to be, you're supposed to be sharing the good news, the gospel with us. And you just said it's not going to be, you know, sometimes we make it sound so easy. Just come to the altar. Give God your life. He's going to change it. Things are going to be amazing. And yes, that's true in a lot of ways. But it's not always going to be easy. And I think Mary and Joseph figured that real quick. It's going to be hard. Case in point, the birth of God's son. It's not exactly an ideal circumstance, was it, when Jesus was born? And here's the choice for you and me. This is how it relates. It's where the rubber meets the road. I want you to hear this. Good crowd this morning, by the way. I think that God probably cares if it's a good crowd on a Sunday morning. It's good because you need to hear this. Your choice. Here's your choice. And it's mine as well, okay? I'm with you in this. Do you know who gets ministered to the most on a Sunday morning? The pastor. Because I had to study, and I have to preach it, and I believe it in my heart, and I'm learning it with you. So I think what the best thing to do would be give everyone a microphone and everyone preach their own sermon, and you probably would learn a lot more. But try to learn something today too, okay? Listen. When you participate with God... You may experience difficulty and perhaps some challenging problems, but also reward and life and fullness and adventure. A choice that you have. You can sit on your hands. You can do nothing with your life. No risk. No reward. No testimony. No life. I'm convinced that the kind of faith followers that cause our kids when they get to graduation from high school and they go into college and they leave church, I'm convinced the reason they do this is because they saw faith followers that are like this, that sit on their hands and do nothing. They say, why would I want this in my life? This is boring. I don't want this. And I would say, and you've heard me say it before, it's not God is boring. It's not this life that God has given us is boring. You're boring. That's what's going on. And our kids need to see a different idea. It wasn't supposed to be funny, but yeah, I guess so. You're laughing. These kind of problem, these kind of people may not have trouble, but they're boring in my, in my assumption, unparticipating in God's plans. You see, picture this. This is a active nature. This is, this is what the, the animal world does. If you see... An animal play dead, even if the animals, if you play dead, even if the animals won't bite you, bite you, the risk of being bitten is the cost, listen, is the cost of getting up. Somebody is being called today, not someone that's brand new, maybe you're a brand new Christian, yes, but someone who's been a Christian their whole life. You're being called as well to get up, get in the game. Are you so concerned, listen, with being bitten that you spend your whole life playing dead? Yep. There's a gift God wants to give you, and it just 
might be wrapped up in difficulty. Don't tell me this. This is not a Christmas sermon. It's not a feel good. I don't like this. But it just might be wrapped up in difficulty. Can God trust you? Here's a question I have for you. Can God trust you to unwrap it without giving in, giving up in the process? Can God trust you to unwrap the gift he's given you a favor without giving up in the process because it might be difficult? He might want to revive a gifting you were given when you were young. Maybe some of you have just let something go. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a calling. Maybe it's a word that you received at one time and you said, I lost hope. My heart is sick. I'm not going to even try again to go that direction because it's not going to happen. Maybe it's something simple like joining a ministry at church. Serving kids ministry, serving the cleaning team. We have a, a couple named Kay and Ron Cleaver who are brand new Christians who have just started coming to church. No, they've been, church, they've been pastors for decades. You know what they do at our church? They lead a cleaning team that cleans every piece of this building every week. You're awesome. It's amazing. And there's a whole bunch of people that are on your team. But that is called difficulty. <laughs> but, you know, that's also called favor because God blesses when we give to him. Maybe it's to start giving regularly in the offing, offering. offering. Maybe it's to begin a discipline of Bible reading and prayer. Can God trust you with difficult? Ooh, that's hard. He can trust me with blessing. Bring it on, God. I like it. He trusted Mary enough to birth the Son of God through her. Imagine if she had given up. And imagine what she was thinking. Oh, Mary, you're highly favored. And she thought, yes. And I'm also highly frustrated. I'm pregnant. One minute I'm planning a wedding, and now I'm planning a divorce. I'm considered an outcast. All I want is to lay in a quiet place and play dead. Instead, I'm going to some town that I don't even live in called Bethlehem because a governor is calling for a census for my soon-to-be husband, who's not my husband yet, on the other side of the country while I'm pregnant. Christian, how is that? How would that be? What if Thomas did that to you before you were, well, we wouldn't even go there, right? How can I experience an angel talking to me Oh, I, I, I think I saw an angel. But now I'm riding on a jack. I'm riding on a donkey. How is this? I thought I was highly favored. I looked for a place to have my baby. There is no guest room, no hospital, no place of safety anywhere. I have my baby. Nobody shows up except some homeless guys, some homeless nomads. Then I find out. The king wants to kill my son now that he's a toddler if it's not hard enough through the terrible twos. I'm going to Egypt. Did Jesus go through the terrible twos? I don't know. For Mary, she had to be beside herself. But listen, I said this already, but I say it again. God has a plan full of promise prepared for her to pull off. But it came through planting her in a position that had problems. Maybe your holiday season seems hopeless. Maybe you see trouble instead of, instead of promise. Trials instead of plans. 
But God would say to someone today, I know you have a lot on your plate. Not I. I'm not saying it to you, but God would say it to you. I know you have a lot on your plate, but you're highly favored. You're my child. You doubt it. It's, you can doubt it, but the truth is you're my child. I love you. You are highly favored. You are chosen. I have plans for you to prosper you, to give you future, to give you hope. Did you know that the Holy Spirit can birth something new in you and it not be fun sometimes? He can birth something in you that can be hard. He can birth something in you that may be the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. He birthed in me something about three years ago in a worship service as a youth pastor, happy, 25 years, loved it, enjoyed it, never wanted to do anything else. He said, you're leading a church in a year. You're, le you're leading a church. And I said, no, I'm not. He said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. I went home and told Cynthia, we're not doing it. But by the way, in worship tonight at church, which I didn't want to be in worship at church because I had a lot of work to do at the church, and I wanted to skip and go to my office, but I sat in the worship service. It was my ninth service of the day. Well, it was probably the sixth service of the day. God spoke to me that we're supposed to be lead pastors. I'm not going to do it. And she said, no, I'm not going to do it either. <laughs> but God will birth things in you that aren't easy. And I would say, yes, this isn't easy what I'm doing, and I've gotten through the honeymoon period, and and yes, sometimes it, it's not the greatest job, but sometimes it's amazing because when you're in the middle of God's will, you couldn't be anywhere else. You can't be anywhere else. I want to ask the same question again I asked last week or two weeks ago. I know that service was shorter last week is because I knew this one would be longer. <laughs> we're almost done, but we're, we have a couple of things God wants to do in your life. Do you have grit? Does anybody in the room have grit? Would you just answer me? You do? Amen. I'm not, I'm not sure. I sometimes do. I sometimes, yeah. Do you have grit? I think God would want us to think about that. He, asked, he didn't ask Mary that. He just knew it about her. And that's why he asked her to birth the Son of God that changed history. Because Mary, a teenage girl, I've heard she's like as young as 13 years old when this happens. She had grit. Do you have a desire to run the race, and do you have a desire to run it to win it? Or do you come to church, or do you serve Jesus to just get by, just get a participation? There's no participation awards in Jesus' kingdom. There's winning, or there's not winning. It is. That's the way it is. I want us... To be open, if God calls us to do something and it's hard to do it and not give up. I banged on the pulpit, pulpit just now. I, don't, I haven't done that before, but. But um, God wants to ask you, do you have grit? Are you the only one? Are you only in it? Are you only a part of God's? kingdom? Are you only like, you want to be a character in the story of Christmas? Oh, I want to be there. I want to be famous or I want to, maybe it's not to be popular, but you want to be a part of God's uh, like world. But when he asks you, um, are you in it to, are you, are you in it for the blessing? You say, yeah, I'm in it for the blessing. Are we in it for the, are the, are we in it for the party? Yes, I'm in it for the party. But what about the problems? 
Are we in it for the presence? Yes. What about the plight? Are we in it for the mansion? Yes. I'm in it for the mansion. I get tired of it, though, when people say, I'm here, I'm serving Jesus, because one day I'm going to heaven, I'm going to live in a mansion. Yes, that's great. But while you're here, you can't be just living it for that because you'll give up. Are you living it for the mansion and not the manger? That's a good one, huh? Write that one down. Mansion, not the man. M-A-M, yeah. You know, God would say, some of you, I know you can handle the blessing, but when the difficulty comes, will you give up? Will you quit? Will you choose to live average? Will you choose to live below average? We do. I've done it. Me, I've done it. In many years of ministry, serving in a church full time, there's years, years at a time, maybe not consecutively, maybe three months here and then six months here, and then that I was complacent. Or I was below average of what God had called me to do. He had birthed things. He's always birthing something new in you. And you choose to hmm, accept it. Or you choose to, oh, I'll just keep living complacently. I'll choose to live. I'll play dead. Are you inactive in your fight of faith? I promise you that God has a promise for you to birth something. I have a promise for you to birth, God would say. And I have called you highly favored, Janice, Art. It's not, it's not usually so that when God calls you favored, that you are supposed to sit on your hands and do nothing with it. I'm sure Mary thought, you didn't tell me when you said I was highly favored. Are you listening? We're almost finished, but stay with me. You got all week long to daydream, so stay here. Stay here. God wants to speak something to you. You didn't tell me when you said I was favored that my birth in Bethlehem would be a baby in a barn. I thought it would be a king in a castle. Madeline, would you come forward? I'm sure Mary asked, God, why didn't you tell me I'd have a baby that would grow up to die on a cross? You think I've not had enough difficulty with the son Jesus yet? He got lost. He said all kinds of, she had all kinds of things going on. And then he dies on a cross. Would the men, would you guys and women, whoever's there, would you serve us communion today? What I'm going to ask you to do when you get it is just to hold it. Just wait. We're going to all receive it together. But advice, advice for you today in your difficult time. I would tell, tell you, keep on being faithful even in the, I'm looking for an F, even in the failure, even in the trials, even in the troubles. One Christmas, I got a gift I didn't like. I don't know, have you ever gotten a gift you didn't like? I'm a very grateful person, but you know, it's not just one Christmas. Don't you get gifts? Sometimes you know, I wish I wouldn't have got that. I won't tell you. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. I'm going to go try it on. Thank you. I'll go try it on. I'll come back. Don't you love it? Yeah, and then you go take it off, and you're like, I'm never going to wear this again. It's much like our conversations with God, I think. Boy, I sure wish you would give me something else. I asked for this, but you gave me this. You gave me this husband. You gave me this wife. You gave me this mom or this little apartment. You know, God, you know, I hoped for a house. I wanted a house. 
I didn't want that house. I wanted that house. I didn't want that neighborhood. I wanted this neighborhood. I didn't want that town. I wanted that town. I wished for a job. And look what you gave me. A job. But it's not what I wanted. It's not what I asked for. You know, I wanted to be married by now, God. Mary probably said that. You know, I wanted to be married by now. I'm having a baby. And I was planning to be married, especially in this day and age that I live in. I'm getting ridiculed. Maybe you're here today and you're married and you say, I want to be single still. <laughs> Maybe you're married and you are single and you say, I want to be married. I want to tell you today, your Christmas list can go on and on and on. But this season, you know that God knows. You know what you want for Christmas, but you know God knows exactly. Are you listening? Exactly what you need, my sister. Exactly what you need, my brother. Exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need. It may not be what you want, but he knows what you need. If he gave us everything we want, oh, God, give me this. Oh, God, would you, all these things. If he gave them to us, some of the best answers to prayer I've heard are the no answer at all, right? If he would have given you this, what would you have done? Would you hold up your elements once you get them? You don't have to be super, it doesn't, it's not going to show you how spiritual you are the higher you hold them. I just want you to do something with it so it's not just, just here. I want you to give it some honor, not because it's anything special. It's just a cracker, although they're better. Are they the oyster crackers? They're way better than the ones we've been having, right? Thank you, John. Um. But it's, it's just a cracker and just juice. But it represents what it represents. What it represents. What it represents is not just a cracker and juice. It represents what Jesus did for us. And it wasn't easy what he did for us. And I don't raise my voice to be dramatic. I just am passionate. And I try not to. Sometimes I think I don't want to scare someone. But man, what Jesus did for us is amazing. He used difficult things like the crucifixion to bring forgiveness to me. The reason that you're forgiven and have grace and have mercy today and can sit here and not have condemnation is because he decided to do something difficult that was still in God's plan for him to birth. But he did it anyways because he knew what it would bring for us. It may be packaged in trials and challenges. But I ask you, as, as, as probably the angel said to Mary, quiet your concerns. Don't be afraid. Relax. And Mary said, no, I don't want to do it. Never mind. Here, can you have, take the bread back? Take the juice back. I'm not a part of this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to take... I'm not going to give my life like maybe you gave your life. Now, Mary didn't even know that Jesus was going to give his life away at that point. But she said, I'm not giving my life for this. No. What Mary said is a, some famous words. Not last words. She didn't die after this. But she said, be it unto me. Just be it unto me. As you have said. Or in other words, okay, I'll do it. I will fully let you do whatever you want. Birth whatever you want literally or figuratively in my life. And that day, history was made. So I say, God, thank you for choosing me today. Thank you for dying 
so that I wouldn't have trouble at times, although there are troubles. I see a lot of blessing because of what you did on the cross. I thank you for my forgiveness. I thank you that there are people in this room that have lived like hell that are going to heaven, not because they earned it, not because they did something right, that they just let you get them to church today or that they let you get them to your throne room where you did a work in their life. Thank you for forgiveness. Lord, forgive us for any time we give ourselves credit for the gift we get this Christmas. The advice in difficult times, keep on being faithful. Keep standing. Keep going even when we can't see the end. Make the hard choice. Say yes to God. He asked you to participate. Say yes to him. Don't put him off. Don't say, I'll tell you next Sunday. Don't say, I'll tell you on Wednesday. Don't say, I'll tell you after I get through this journey to Bethlehem because I got a lot going on. I got a lot going on right now. Just say yes. Say yes. Oh, I, well, I, you didn't bring the husband I wanted. You didn't bring the, I don't know why I brought that up twice today, but it's for someone in the room. You didn't bring the, the fulfillment that, you didn't bring the answer that I expected. Just say yes. Say yes when he asks you to participate because you know that the result will be a birth of something. It could change the world. It will definitely change your world and it will definitely change those around you. That will preach, won't it? I'm getting more minister to anyone in this room today. I think we'll keep going. I think we'll go till 6 o'clock tonight. No, I don't got anything left. We're getting ready to receive our communion. Thanks. I'll take it too. Thank you. Thank you. Whatever he's asked you, begin to give that tithe. Sign up in that ministry. Start that project. What is that project? The Holy Spirit is touching you right now. Someone in this room, he's, he's got it. He's, he's with you. He knows the project. It's a book. Is it a book? Whatever it is. It's a nonprofit. Whatever it is, keep going. Your second wind is coming. What we celebrate at communion is not just that he died for us, but that he rose and that he's still at work in our lives today, even in our tough times. Would you receive this today? You can take both. And then stand with me. We're going to close. If you're here and you need to do some business with God, the altars are open. Don't be in such a hurry to get out of here. Everyone's going to get a gift. Prayer teams, would you come back up? Everyone that was in it before, just come up back up. If you need to go and confirm something with someone today, oh, I don't need to do that. That's not, that, I don't need to do that. Maybe you don't, but some of you do. You come up to one of these folks up here. They're part of your family. No one's on a hierarchy that has a better relationship so they can help you better. We're all in the same place. We're, we're a mess. We're a mess. I'm not saying these guys are a mess, but we're all a mess. Just come to them and say, God's called me to do this, or God's, I, I don't know what it is. Would you pray with me? Whatever it is, let them pray with you if you want. You can spend as much time as you need doing that. Then you go right out this door. 
God will give you what you need and will use the tough times and the tough things, the difficult things to bring it to pass. I don't like that. Well, that's, that's the truth. The perfect example of this, this is the conclusion. I'm just wrapping it up here, okay? The perfect example is what Jesus did on the cross. Looked like trouble from a million miles away, but what did it do for you and me? Why are you smiling today? Why do you walk out of here with joy? Maybe not happiness completely, but you have joy knowing. Just knowing that you know that you know that God is in control. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the way you do everything. I don't agree with the way you did Luke, the book of Luke 1. Matthew 1, when it talks about this, this whole Christmas thing, is so different than the way I would have had it play out. It'd be so much easier to explain to someone if Mary and Joseph had just had this, I don't know, if you would just have come as a king and tell everyone, worship me and that's it. We would just do it. But you did it the way you did it on purpose. And maybe it was to give one person in this room today a message that, hey, I know what you've dealt with. I know what you're going through because I've been through it too. And I thank you this Christmas as we celebrate that we have our hope in you. And it's not a abstract thing. It's real. It's something we can hold on to. It is, it's an anchor. It's got teeth. It's got the word of God behind it. It's got the truth behind it. And you stand behind your promises to us. So we stand on that hope today. And we say, let us be people that receive hope. But man, let people see hope in us that we would give it out as well. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen today. Amen. Come on up if you feel like you need to. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible for you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.